0: Here we go. What's up, everyone? We're a little early, but a little late. Had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but uh, wanted to come in and do this. So, how's everybody doing today around the world? I see that some of you are already in, and uh, and uh, actually, I have uh, Nick here with me. Peek in there, Nick. Hey, He's everyone. He's going to be kind of. It's hard for me to field the questions and talk to you guys as well, so. I was kind of wanted to keep this episode since we've been having fun lately, and we've talked so much about the pandemic and all that kind of stuff that's going on. I thought it'd be kind of fun to get onto my favorite topic, and everybody's favorite topic, and it's horror movies. And and uh, so, you can send me questions or your comments on um, what your favorite horror movies were. I did do an episode earlier last year about what what I felt were my top ten horror films that led me to be who I am and what I've done, um, you know, in music and, and lyrical writing and that sort of thing. And w- what it means to me and mine have always been the classics. Obviously the black and white to me is just, you know, it, I, I could imagine what it would have been like at the time of 1980 or 1931 and 1935. Cause Dracula came out in 31 and, uh, and, uh, And so, those early movies, you know, just the essence and the presence of them, Wolfman, when he's going through the forest and the smoke, and you can just see the, you know, it's just creepy to me. But um, um, I'm going to take some questions. I believe we have a few already.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, our first one is from um, lovely Claire Wilson, uh, fan of the show. Claire's a great fan of the show. We love Claire. Fan of Hatred, too. Thank you for commenting. Always oh, giving How you are here. in the family. Some I'm sense. sure you guys are good. <laughs> so it's um, most disturbing horror movies. Hers was The Exorcist.
0: Mine's gonna go with that because I've got to go with that, and and I'm gonna explain why I feel that way. I felt that it wasn't just about demonic possession. It was more about the things that that the demon said through the little girl and the actions. That the you know the demon did through the little girl like you know, and it, which she did with the cross and and just the the you know the vulgar language, and, and the puking and 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 just all of the evil that that are just so creepy to me and was just shocking for the time because if you you know realize that movie came out in 1973, you know I think Linda Blair was 11 or 12 years old when she made that movie. And so to me, it's just shocking that look on her face. The makeup at that time is so just, I mean, her eyes bubbling and one, one, uh, you know, one and the other one's just a, a different color. And her lips and her face is all ripped and distorted to me that I, I, I was fascinated by the um the uh makeup at that time and fascinated just to this day if the exorcist is on it's one of those things like when you're going through the channels and it's like click 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 oh the extra stop because any part of it is good you know when they're trying to you know uh, find out what's wrong with her and they're going through all those tests and she's going into convulsions and then you know she's snapping back and just the whole the whole thing and to me, is just to me to my it's it's my favorite, uh, horror movie forever. The Godfather is my favorite movie, one and two, and I count them as one movie, forever movies. But favorite horror movie, I'm with you, Claire. Exorcist. Cool. What right. else we
1: got? Nick? So Manuel wants to know: Have you seen the classic, uh, horror movie Deranged? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I have. It's been a long, long, long time since I've seen that
0: 80s B-flick, if I'm correct. Uh, 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 kind of like in the vein of Maniac Cop, right? Uh, really obscure, but but very, uh, 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 you know, deranged uh, kind of, um, well, what can you say, storyline that's going on. And I love that type of horror, by the way. I love all types of horror. I think... Um, mental horror is just as great you know as as the monsters or 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 the slasher flicks you know because that that's really to me it's fascinating to watch that so uh yeah i love obscure horror like that like i don't know if you guys have watched on the in on the vault we did a uh, bloody bloody bible camp and so i go from one extreme to the other i do like that low budget horror is cool with me sometimes the stories are even better you know so I brought them up. I brought
1: my kids up on, didn't on, on, on horror movies and, and, uh, and, uh. Yeah, I remember we saw, um, Sleepy Hollow when it came out. Yeah, the yeah, remake yeah. of Texas Chainsaw. The yeah, you were like six when Sleepy was, Hollow oh, came man. out. Yeah, those are great I mean? movies. And, and, I, I've dug horror and, movies. and, and it's Geekers like, like and, and to
0: me, and to me, it's like, here's this guy bringing his little kids to these horror movies. And I just, uh, loved the, um, I loved that. I mean, like I took you when you were, I think, uh, Five or six to see uh, South Park, bigger, longer. Yeah, it would have been uncharted. five turning six that year. Yeah, five turning six. And I wonder why everybody was staring at me in the in the <laughs> thing. I, and then we, after we watched the movie, I could see why. So, you know, the, you know, it's just one of the things. What else we got, Nick?
1: Okay, this is, do uh, you want a horror question or you want an next' question? We can go to X's. Okay, cool. Uh, disaster piece wants to know, what's a memorable time with Mr. Bailoff? One, one of your memorable times. I'm sure there's plenty, but... What was one time where you're like... Okay, Danny,
0: any time with Paul was fun. But um, I'm sure you've heard us talk about this. He had this house in Oakland, and it was called Hell House. And pretty much after any gig in Berkeley or San Pablo or in that area, everybody would go back to Bailoff's house and party at this place. And there were no rules. I mean, you watched Animal House, the movie. That's what this house was kind of like. And in the kitchen, even in the summertime, there was a puddle of water in the middle of the floor. We don't know why it got We thought, you know, from booze or people tracking water in, but it, it was always there. Um, so many different times from... Um, I remember one time, I was still in Legacy. Obviously, he was in Exodus still. And he said, I want to become Blood Brothers. And this was major to Bailoff. And I remember he grabs a bottle, a fucking Miller bottle, and he busts it, and he grabs a piece of glass on. It. He grabs my hand, and he cuts my palm, and then he cuts his palm, puts them together, and looks like this, and licks the blood. And it's like so. Uh, that was that was, and that was one of the first times I'd ever met Paul. You know, probably the second or third time. And I'm like, wow, this guy is the full. He's the real deal. Paul's the real deal. He was the real deal. Definitely missed. That's why we have legends like him and. Let me kill Mr. if it wasn't for the stories. That's what keeps these guys
1: alive for sure. Cool. Zoo Station wants to know, and I know you just brought up The Godfather, thoughts on The Sopranos.
0: Loved every bit of it. I'm going to say, I guess at the end, I didn't care for the last episode because there really wasn't any real closure there. You know, other than pretty much Tony's crew getting wiped out, but I loved it. I was... I thought it was the the greatest thing ever. There was uh, uh, one, what did I just watch, on uh, Netflix with Kim Coates. There's one that was just on, and that one is almost as, I can't think of the name of it right now. It's, it's with Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy. Go on Netflix. It's Anthony Lapagula, and it's kind of loosely based on a true story from uh, the corruption in Montreal in the mid-'90s up to now, and it is absolutely Sopranos meets uh, Goodfellas uh, on steroids. It's really good. So I can't remember the name of it, but it's on Netflix. It's with
1: Kim Coates, and uh, it's really killer. Check that one out. Check that one out. And then um, Jonas wants to know, did you see Phantasm? I think it was 1979. Phantasm. Phantasm, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, I love I've seen all of the Phantasm movies, and that's another mm-hmm. one that I guess I could... I guess maybe I could have a conversation with Claire about because Phantasm to me was just creepy. The tall man played by Angus Scrim was completely creepy. And just the whole, the hearse, the, the sphere that flies through the, the funeral home, being chased by the little minions and they're trying to pull you in. Everything horror is about, in fact, I'll give you a little clue. When I was writing Alone in the Dark, the lyrics, a lot of what happens in Phantasm was going through my head as I was writing the lyrics to that song. So uh, definitely a horror, uh, uh, just the way it was amazing. Actually, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp that I had the director on earlier and we watched that movie, Reggie Bannister from, that played Reggie and the original uh, Phantasm was in that movie. And so, yeah, love it. Love Phantom. One of the top ones. Good one. And that's another uh, channel stopper. You go up and you see Phantom. Whoa. Got to watch
1: this from whatever point it's in. All right. Dagobah System wants to know, did American Werewolf in London scare you? It was the first time Dagobah System ride on. And
0: I do read, see all your comments. Thanks for God. Always... um, Uh, chiming in on everything I I truly know you're a fan and I appreciate that which I mean I truly read all of your guys' stuff Um, it did it scared me because you didn't know what was coming especially when they were going out into the woods after they left uh, after they left the pub and uh, to me and that was early I was probably 15 or 16 1980, 79, 80 I was 15, 16 the makeup transformation in that movie was absolutely, at that time, beyond anything. So when David Naughton turns into uh, uh, the werewolf and his face is moving, I mean, to me, I love creatures. That's why I love. I love to see like the Dracula. How can you make it look that much more evil? Frankenstein. What what can you make Frankenstein to look more evil? The, the, especially the originals. How creepy can you make the mummy? You know, and. and how creepy can you make the wolf man and I think that they captured it in that and I and I still well that's another one that I watch to to this day I, I, I do I, I, I love uh, uh, watching um, American werewolf in London I'm an old-school guy but I'll watch any
1: I'm uh, anything that's good that I hear that's good I'll, I'll check it out cool yeah um. So, do you like any Shaw Brothers movies or any Kung Fu movies? I know you do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I. Actually, we had uh, L Ray Network for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, and and it, I think it's off the net. Is it? Do you still I have it? I haven't seen it. I think it's seen just it, a website, but it became a. um yeah. um, um, it was a, It was actually a a network on Dish Network, and on Sundays they would have like samurai shaolins and they showed all the 70s martial arts and of course anything that bruce lee did enter the dragon another one you're going i see it. Ee, stop right don't care what part of the movie it's in i can recite that fucking movie i don't care that's another one yeah i i i loved, i love all that all that uh karate all that shit since i was a kid from the early 70s i mean i was i remember taking karate when I was 10 years old, me and Uncle John, because uh, <laughs> because I wanted to be Bruce Lee so bad. I was about nine, and I think he had just passed, 73, oh, yeah, man. back then, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thomas wants to know, have you seen the Trilogy of Terror? Of course. The original one with Jared Black? I believe so. And the little... The little
0: <sighs> okay, again, stuff that's just creepy. And that was a television movie. That was like, back in the day, they didn't really play movies from, um, like the movies in the theaters come in, on, they're on, within six months they're on TV or in a year. I mean, sometimes it took years back when I was a kid. Planet of the Apes didn't make it to the movies till five years, out, or TV out, till five years after it was uh, released in the theaters. And so, uh, Trilogy of Terror on the, was, was the ABC, I believe, Tuesday night movie. And they used, ABC used to make their own movies. And and um, it was, I love that, especially the, because le- it's three different stories with Karen. But the last one with the little doll, that's great. And so any of you guys want to send me one of those dolls? Um, oh, I can't put my P.O. box up there and I don't really know it.
1: But <laughs> past episode. I'll, I'll put episode. a P.O. Past that, I got that little doll. I want that little doll. All right, cool. Antonio wants to know, Favorite Nightmare in Elm Street movie. And did you mind the cheesiness um, of the later movies?
0: No, I didn't. Because how far are you going to go with it? You know what I mean? I would say my favorite one is definitely the original, but of all the other ones, uh, Dream Warriors, definitely. Come on, Doc, and had a killer song in that. I liked the second one, too. I, I, I thought that maybe the first three were really, really good. And then, like you said, it got really kind of you know what's freddy's one liner going to be in this movie you know what i mean and i like that too and i did like it and and i actually liked uh the remake of uh nightmare on elm street that uh jackie earl haley played freddy krueger and it was a real story that was good that was i good. actually liked yeah, it a lot was, of people oh, yeah. gave it shit, but i no, I, I, that. I truly liked that movie i thought it was very creepy and very to the essence of what Freddy Krueger
1: as a child killer was all about. So I was I was definitely all about that. Cool. Yeah, so back to a little Exodus question. Not really Exodus, maybe the state of um, the music industry. What do you think the future of travel will look like in airports and stuff? Do you know, they think everyone's going to get monitored, uh, thermometer on their head? And
0: I think that's eventually what's going to happen. I yeah. think that um, because, uh, uh, you know, they have to do that. It's gonna be slow to do it, but I can already see it coming back right now. You know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, certainly. I mean, I mean, you you said you went to Applebee's. Yeah, everyone's in another county. In we another, another county, run, yeah, so we I mean, at, at least the uh, restaurants yeah. are opening up right now. So yeah, I would say that you know, um, that's probably what. Come on, what are you gonna do at a thrash metal concert? You know, that's what it's all about—is moshing and running into the next guy. So, hopefully, this, you know, the the world creates a herd immunity on this. Or at least an in inoculation where you can get it. But it looks like I track it every day. I'm really anal with it. And I look at the at the virus projections for the state, for the country and for the world every day. And I notice the decline is huge. Although the number of cases are the same and I think that's the only reason that they haven't gotten more is because more people are being tested, but like, you know, I, I, I think it'll be, uh, I think we're going to, in a year from now, we're going to be all right. I know that Live Nation and AEG are not doing any concerts in America this year, other than say private, because uh, we're booked on full terror assault in September with Guar and I, other than private festivals that are going on and uh, those sort of things, I don't uh, see much going on over here this year. Not I'm not sure how Europe's going to handle it, but... Um, Let's just see what happens, you guys. Let's just let's just keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully it'll be back to normal soon. That's what we all want.
1: We want normalcy in this damn thing. All right, our boy Nacho wants to know what do you think of the new Rambo. Nachito, I loved it. I loved. I look.
0: What are you gonna get in the Rambo movie? I don't want a story. What I want from Rambo (laughs) is I want to see him in the beginning. I want to see him love something. I want to see somebody fuck that thing over. (laughs) And then I want to see Rambo kill everybody that anything to do with him fucking that over. The thing is, how clever is he going to kill them? In this one, very clever. Very clever kills. Kills I would have never even thought of. And so, yes. I hope you liked it, Nacho, because that was killed to me. I went to the movies and saw it. I was quite entertained, Nachito. Take care. Say hello to the family. Love you guys.
1: All right, Caleb wants wants to know, would you ever be open to directing a horror movie one day or a movie in general? I
0: would like to. I've never done it before. So the process, I would probably have to have an assistant with me to show me kind of how the process goes. I, I bet if I was on a movie set for one time I could learn to do it right away but I my eye is really good for what's scary and because I know I know what scares me and what doesn't and what's gory and what isn't and what's like you know horror and what's not I've been watching it since I was a little kid so uh I, I it would be fun it would definitely be fun but um as of right now guys as you know as well as I am we are concentrating on New Exodus and that's you know so that's the main thing right now, so hopefully in the near future.
1: All right, we've had several people ask. <laughs> Are we gonna get Testament, D.A., and Exodus in the U.S.? Or you know, make I, it happen. What's all this crap passes? I'm sure, th- I'm gonna tell you this.
0: And, and I had Ted in the vault yesterday for a taped episode that's gonna come up next week. And um, Europe has always been very receptive for our type of music not saying the United States isn't and I love our American fans you're the best in the world I mean it I I love all of you guys I love playing in my own country but it's like you know South America and Europe they're very much more passionate about it they still you know in America we wore battle jackets with patches on it in the 80s early 90s That's still a thing over there, which means they're still very, very, very loyal. So I think the whole idea of that tour, to answer that question, was to test the waters in Europe first. And the shows were probably, I think, probably 80% sold out the ones that weren't looked like they were. So that's a good thing to go off of right there. And um, that's, I mean, again, there's going to be no concerts happening this year, so that won't happen this year. But our agents, our managers, the band members, and everybody was quite aware of how successful all three Bay Area bands did together. So I would say if when this stuff gets back to normal, It's going to be more likely than not, but I can't say for sure because there's nothing on the table yet and there's nothing being allowed to be booked yet and there's nothing. So with that being said, that's all I can say about it. But were we thinking about it when before all of this stuff came out? Most definitely. Most definitely we were all thinking about, okay, maybe it's time to do this over here and then this went down and then, you know, plans have changed about again since then so definitely we know it's a strong package and we love you guys the fans you make heavy metal what it is for all of us and we're very much aware of that that's why we do some of us do this social media stuff i mean you see if you're on instagram you see gary holt every there every day putting something up we're all very you know more touchable than you think and you know when we do stuff like this and I grabbed Nick to come in and go live. You can find out, you know, what Hatriot's doing. Plus, you have another project we can talk about. Two other little, projects, yeah. Two other might projects. I'll be releasing a sudden loss song next week. Yeah, see, so there's things going on. So I just thought that it was a good idea to go live with you again. But I kind of wanted to keep it on a, on a topic basis with horror and stuff. Because so, we know I get so many comments on my show, so many comments from you guys. Always saying, you know, hey, what about this movie? What about this movie? What do you think about this Show? So I figured, you know, why not? Let's just
1: do a episode where I'm talking about horror. I'm yeah, sorry. and you can just ask us questions live as yeah, right as exactly, you think it. exactly. So, it's a good little thing. I love uh, YouTube Live and Facebook Live. It's i really I've good. been
0: doing most of my shows on on tape. Zetro's talking about yeah. tape because I use really nice cameras, and I like it to look good, and yeah, I like the whole set, editing, yeah. you know, this one is basically Way done, more interactive. on an iPad, you know, this is, you know, and I like to do this from time to time because the interaction is very important. And if you've ever met me on the road, which a ton of you guys have, um, you know, that I'm very approachable and I'm very fan friendly and it's all about you. It wouldn't be what it is for us on stage, if you guys were not as good as you all are when we play our concerts and think about other genres of music that when rock and roll bands go on stage, I mean, if you go see, you know, Tom Petty or Styx or, or us Fleetwood Mac and I love those bands, you know, well, not Tom Petty anymore, obviously, but yeah. the bands of that type of rock and genre, which is considered hard rock, the the, the fans are sitting the, down or just standing there or maybe making a little move like this you guys are nutcases you go crazy you show your love by just screaming loud and going crazy and banging your heads and for a player for a musician to be on stage and see the reception I mean actors don't get that kind of adulation they have to it's all on screen so they never get close they don't they don't do their movies live so they don't know unless they're you know, doing plays, obviously actors that do plays, you know, Tony Award winning actors and people on Broadway, they wouldn't know that. But, you know, movie actors wouldn't, there's no adulation there. But all you guys, especially heavy metal, and I've said this all along, heavy metal has never lost the essence of what rock and roll became originally. Rock and roll was supposed to be rebellious. Rock and roll... The fans, if you watch early Elvis concerts or early concerts with Buddy Holly and 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 the Big Bopper and 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 um, Little Richard who just passed, yeah, you watch those concerts, and people in the crowd are going crazy yeah. and going nuts. That's the essence of rock and roll to me. Only the heavy metal crowd has not let that rebellious, you know, bit of rock and roll go. There's nothing about soft rock. There was no soft rock in the 50s. There was rock and roll, you know. And so I, I think that you as heavy metal fans have always exemplified that. Thrash metal fans especially. You have exemplified the showing your love back to your favorite bands by that. And I just want you guys to all know that we see it and we appreciate it and that's what makes us keep going more and more and coming off of the bass strikes back tour in europe and seeing sold out shows over every night means that you guys aren't tired of us yet so uh we only still have the gas tank is still full it's still full for me nick you know what i mean
1: oh shit i'm moving i ain't ready i all see that between yeah. the show and the new testament album yeah. and Everything you got your hands in, yeah. you, you ain't slowing down anytime no soon. No way, no nope. way, I'm nope. moving on. So Elliot wants to know, um, what are some influential horror movies that have influenced some of the lyrics you've written throughout the years? Well, like I said, Phantasm kind of had a little, I was
0: thinking about that in um, in um, when I did Alone in the Dark. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the horror movies, because in Exodus, I write more uh, tongue-in-cheek realism, you know, social-aware stuff. Um, um, but I, I think I'm always thinking of horror movies.
1: A and lot of the first Hatred album, I think you took a lot of horror movies, yeah, a lot movies. of and that. stuff. Shadows yeah, to the she, Buried, Children yeah, to Be yeah, Damned, yeah, yeah,
0: because those had uh, those were had to do with you know, like exactly Erzvish Bathory, Countess yeah. Bathory. You know, I did uh, 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 had one to do about vampires on there. So, yeah, when I do get to write on my own, I do go tend to go to that um, uh, topic, you know what I mean, to the um. The horror topic, so uh, Shadows, of, well, Shadows of the Vampire was actually where I got oh, that from. Oh, is that where you got that? Okay, yeah, okay. From, with Willem okay. Dafoe, who was actually... Oh, yeah, okay. It was like the filming of the original Nosferatu, and it was a really great movie, and I kind of stole that from there. And then Countess Bathory, obviously, is Urshbeth Bathory, and how she yeah. bathed in uh, the, blood. the blood of virgins to keep her young. So everything I do is... Horror, you should see my house. It's completely well, it's like it looks like my set
1: here completely. Cool. Alright. Um, does it bum you out that people don't buy physical copies, i.e. vinyl and cds, and uh you know, Best Buy doesn't even sell CDs anymore. And where do you think the future of streaming is going? Um,
0: I have to be honest with you, I I have iTunes music but I also collect vinyl. I do both. So I do both because iTunes music to be, I'm sorry, technology. It's way more convenient for me. Now I can get in my car and Bluetooth it right to my, I can put in my phone. I can go walking anywhere. I have my music right there. And that was, God, think about it back in the eighties. I had to wait to put a Walkman on or get in my car and put a cassette in to hear the song that I wanted to hear. Now I can go and it's right there. But, um, They'll always be the collector that has the, uh, the, um, the what do you call it, the, um, the, the CD, the packaging. They'll always be that guy. They'll always be the guy that will um, do, uh, you know, want the, want the cover and everything, and that's great. And I think vinyl is definitely coming back. So It
1: definitely is, and I think live streaming, believe it or not, and vinyl go hand-in-hand hand with each other. For me, I have a Spotify account. And basically I'll find new artists and new bands on Spotify and I'll be like, dude, those guys are killer. Like I want to support them. So then I go and buy their vinyl. And I think, uh, you know, streaming services such as iTunes and Spotify are only $9.99 a month, which... Is a freaking burger at McDonald's. That's so I figure that's where I find my music because I'm not just gonna go to a record store and buy a thirty-five dollar vinyl. I agree with based you. Based on the artwork. on that. You know, that that's a thing of the past and and it is what it is. But you go and you go download Thrasher's playlist or you download all these playlists and you find these new bands such as Hatriot, Hatchet, Alien Weaponry, you know, all these newer bands coming up. And, you know, a lot of the times they have cool artwork as well. So you you know, that's how I personally Get my vinyl and and try to give back to the the music industry in that way. Where it's like, well, paying that nine ninety nine a month isn't isn't doing your part. It's just allowing you to search for this new music. We still get paid opinion. off it because I get paid. And you get paid a digi- bit, I get paid. But- no, I get paid
0: digitally every month. I have a thing called SoundScan, and it, 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 it digitally takes care of any royalties that are coming out like yeah, that. So so, that's- so it's part of it. I mean, honestly, guys, we're heavy metal. We don't make our money off record sales. We make our money off of all you guys coming to the shows yeah. and picking up these things, and that's how you support your band. And what's great, and you know this to be true, is when you're walking somewhere, say you're in a mall, you're in a bar, you're somewhere, you're an Exodus fan, and some guy walks by you and has an Exodus t-shirt on, oh. tell me you don't look at him and ten, go,
1: ten out of ten. Right on, yeah. bro.
0: Like, we know, we all have this, <laughs> unwritten code where we all know who each other are and as soon as a little bit of the color's out we show the love and that's how this that's how the economics of heavy metal has always worked and that's just the way it'll always be and we know that going into it and
1: fuck i'm cool with it as long as you guys are cool with what we're doing we're cool with what you're doing shout out to eric schwartz for compliments on the new hatred i'm thank you very much Thanks, we got eric. Uh, we got one in the just waiting just we're waiting for all this crap all the songs are done the artwork's done we are just waiting yeah I saw the patiently. artwork's great so um yeah as soon as all this passes you're getting new hatred and it's fucking heavy yeah heavy very no more three-year waits no more three-year five-year waits you mean what so it it's uh, yeah yeah it's 2014 to 2019 cool. sorry guys but you're getting two and that's years. all right but well, yeah. exodus
0: we're on six <laughs> years
1: now so you know
0: you know Hey, one of our guitar players was in another band. We had to wait, so yeah, Heathen, right? we're good. Yeah, even that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, No, right. we're good now, so to give you an update about that, uh, I see like, like all the rest of you, Gary is feverishly riding at home right now, So, and I'm under the impression that he's together with Tom, and that's usually how it starts. So for all you Exodus fans that are wondering about that, that's what I know right now. So don't know a time of recording, don't know a time of when we're going in, but yeah. Um, he is
1: definitely putting songs together right now. All right. Justin Clark, wanted to know Also, um, are you guys going to do anything with those live recordings from the chapel? I remember we were on that show, Us and Ex Mortis. I know that's with all this. Around. I get that a lot. Yeah. I hope
0: so. That was I a good show. So. Dukes
1: and Bo Oh, yeah. That. that was the whole family. We kind of tried to want to do it again, and then
0: Gary got busy with um, with Slayer, and we didn't want to have to do it without
1: him. So, so makes sense. No, that was fun. We we actually opened up one of those shows, but uh so I guess I should throw that. Oh out yeah, there. definitely got to. So, there it is.
0: I'm going to have these for sale, fans for figurines. Where's that thing right there. Fans for figurines. They have a bunch of stuff there out of Poland, and they have made the Zetro bust. Look at that. It's hella heavy too. You could kill somebody with this man. Knock him in the fucking head. So I'm gonna tell you guys how you can get one of these real soon. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you. Hey, I gotta get one of these real soon. Look, I'm look at the screen. Yeah, like I can have him do the rest of the you show. You could. I can have him. What do you think, Cedric? I don't know. What do you think? I love horror movies. Ah! Look at that. Looks live. Okay, now I play. See, you wonder why I love these toys. This is what I do all fucking day long. Play with my toys. So that's right. Fans.4Figurines. They did the one, they were the ones who did Gary. They've done all the Megadeth guys. They've done Nurgle. They've done, he does all the heavy guys and it's kind of cool. So go to their website, check them out. They're called Fans4Figurines.
1: Cool. Warpo show. A few people have asked us, um, can you get Rick on the show? That would be amazing. And still waiting for Mr. Holt to come on the show. Cheers from the Warpo show in Arizona.
0: Okay, so Warpo Show, check it out, brother. I had about an hour and 10-minute conversation with Rick this morning.
1: Oh, wow. Long conversation oh, wow. with Rick.
0: And I told him that all of you guys are constantly asking for him on the show. So this wasn't the first time someone asked. I just I, came I, up I again. Bet he's so. So, this, So this is what we're going to do. Before the end of the summer, guys, because he lives about three hours north of me, he's going to come down. He's going to take a hotel, and we're going to talk about the history of Rick Hunolt and Exodus. And we talked about it today in depth of what we're going to talk about. And, and he's willing. He's, he thought it would be so much fun. So to answer that question, I promise before the end of the summer, we are going to
1: get a Rick Hunolt sighting in Zetro's Toxic Vault. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. What are some of your favorites off Force of Habit?
0: Some of my favorites? Uh, one Foot in the Grave. Probably one of my definitely. favorites. Off, love that. Architect of Pain. Definitely. I love uh, Thorn in My Side. And I love uh, um, uh, Me, Myself, and I. Those are some of my favorites on that record. Yeah, interesting record. Um, interesting album, which I when Everybody's baiting me, Nick. Yeah, they, they keep are. wanting I, me I to talk that. about it's, Force of habit. Yeah, it's that I see what you're doing. So I did give you the ones I like, but like I said in the past, on that record, there's a few I don't, and I, I'm not giving you that yet. Wait till I do the album. Soon. Cool. Uh, favorite bud you've smoked? Jack Herrera Jack is Herrera. my favorite strain. Um, I love the strain itself, but I got... Uh, uh, We were in Tampere in Finland, and I got some of the... I've been smoking weed since I was 12. 1976. And this was some of the best weed I had ever gotten. So,
1: I'd have to say Jack Herrera. Cool. Um, All right. well, Nick Wright wants to know, any DDP plans for the future? Unfortunately, Nick, Willie was a major part
0: of why we did Dublin Death Patrol. And... I can't see us using... My brother came in, and he does play bass, and, and he was the second bass player in Dublin Death Patrol, actually, so when we went out. And, and um, at the time of doing Dublin Death Patrol, I really wasn't in Exodus. So we really had only had to balance Chuck's schedule, but now it's Chuck and Zet's schedule, and without Willie... How would we do it? So I think it started out as a one record project that turned into two. I, I, I have to be very honest with you. I don't, I don't even really want to do it without Willie. It, will, it would, I mean, I cry three times a week when I think of Willie Lang because he was such a part of my life. So to play on stage and play those songs, I would have to look over and not see him. And that would bother me. I don't think I could yeah. necessarily have a good time, if that makes any sense to you.
1: So, and I only want to have a good time. Yeah, cool. I kind of knew the uh, answer to that question. But, uh, all right, going on, your favorite Duke's memory? Do you have a, a memory with Duke's? And what's your favorite Duke's album or song? Uh, favorite
0: Duke's uh, memory? I didn't have much history with Rob before we did the chapel shows. I had never really been around him, only briefly a couple of times. I think I went to the, didn't I go to the uh, St. Toxic Waltz with him at the yeah, yeah, with Arch his, Enemy? In, at the uh, uh, Regency Ballroom in the Regency. Scout. But I really didn't have much interaction with Rob until um, um, we did uh, uh, the channel, the chapel shows. And I actually really dug him and I really got to know him and him and I were like comparing how we get tortured as, as the singer of the band by Mr. <laughs> Holt sometimes. And it was kind of funny. And um, actually, um, you know, I, I dig Rob. And so, so for all of you people that think there's any towards animosity towards Rob, I I welcome Rob Dukes anytime he wants to come and sing on Exodus's stage. He is welcome to sing. Should I on the mic right over to him anytime? My favorite Duke song? Oh, shit. Ballad of Leonard and Charles. I love the way uh, Exhibit B opens up, and I love that song to death. And he wrote the lyrics. Uh, he did write the lyrics. Those that are one. so Gary Holt esque lyrics. I, I thought Gary like, wrote them, and yeah. I was like, wow, Rob nailed it out. It. And I love seeing. Them. I'm the one, when we're doing the set list, we're making the songs. I'm the first one going, hey, let's play Ballad of the Leonard. That song's too long because it's a <laughs> long ass song. But I'm always going, I like them all. Uh, we do iconoclasm a lot. We play Children of a Worthless God a lot, Death Amphetamine, um, um, Good Riddance I've done, uh, uh, Funeral Hymn. So, yeah, I sing quite a few of those. And I've got to be honest with all you fans, I enjoy singing every one of those damn songs. It's not one going, oh, God, here comes this song. Not at all. I'm looking at the set down going, oh, that song's coming up. I love that one. So there you are right there, Pipples.
1: Do you have a favorite James Hetfield moment?
0: Uh, I think I remember when you I've told this one before. My favorite one is when we were at the Metal House and it was late. I think it was after Ingway at the Kabuki, and we ran out of. Um, um, and Gary was there too, and we ran out of chaser and we were drinking about four in the morning, of vodka or gin with maple syrup, and and I remember that about. And I kept telling myself, boy. This band ever gets big, I'm going to tell this story forever. And they're the biggest band in the world, and I'm telling the story forever. So uh, it's just kind of funny because we all came up the same way. I mean, I remember their house in San Pablo wasn't nothing, it was this little beat up, piece of shit house. In fact, Rick and Tom would watch the house when uh, James, because Lars lived with James. When Metallica went on the road, uh, they were house watched. That's awesome, Rick and Tom. So we were always very. That's close. awesome. I'm not necessarily we because of course I came in in '86, but the bands were always very like this. Metallica next is like this. To this day, we saw on the Bass Strikes Back tour, uh, Kirk was at
1: the show yeah. in France and was there all day and hung out. Yeah, he shows we love. we were having a great time. He shows us love definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny. Um. Someone asked, "What's your favorite song off Impact Is Imminent?" I actually listened to that album yesterday. My boy Brian O'Neill was texting me and he's saying he loves change. Uh, um. Yeah, Change of the Guard That's... and uh, Lunatic Parade, and um and the Impact Is Imminent, the opening track. Impact is imminent. That is a, that opening riff.
0: If you watch their fingers play it, it's like I don't even know if they got a um. That one, uh, Within the Walls of Chaos, I love. Dun-dun-dun-dun. I like, with, but I like, I didn't care for um, uh, Thrash Under Pressure. I see that coming up. Yeah. I see that coming up. Uh, that record is really brutal. When we went to do that album, we were saying, well, look, we're going to make the heaviest record on a major label that's ever happened. The production wasn't always all that good on that album. It should have been a little bit more bottom end. We actually used a guy, it was Gary and Rick producing, and a guy named Chubba Petok. And Chuba his really only claim to fame was he did Metallica uh, Garage Days. And that's where he went. The album, So we kind of, oh, we'll use Chubba. He did some Metallica record, sounds good. So uh, a little bit tinny, but I love the songs on that record. And that tour was when, you know, we did Suicidal and Pantera was a new band nobody I've ever heard of before opening the show. So, yeah, within the fucking, hey, within the walls of cast,
1: probably my mind on that album. Listen to five bands for the rest of your life. What would it be? <laughs> Fuck, that's fucked up. Uh, uh,
0: Motorhead, Rainbow. Five bands, you prick. Uh, Greetings from Barcelona. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Uh, da- Rainbow, Motorhead. You're killing me on this one. Maiden. Uh, yes, Dead Kennedys. Uh, so that's four. One more. That, yeah, you can't do five, right? You can't do that. <laughs> that's too hard. I know. That's too hard. It's just way too
1: hard. Um, Saxon. Oh, great. Great picks. Great picks. Great picks. Uh, Shay wants to know do you miss the Omni in Oakland? Of course.
0: That was when we had decadence. The neighborhood was terrible. You had to watch <laughs> yourself going in. But once you got in, the little bar that was off at the stage, it was really. I miss all the clubs, Shay. All of them from back in the day when we. Um, did this crap, man, from the beginning. I I, 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 uh, I I, loved Ruthie's. I loved the Stone. I loved the Keystone. I loved the Mabue. I loved the Rock on Broadway. I loved Wolfgang's. I loved all the clubs. They were so much fun. It was a fun time, I guess. But like they say, all good things must come to an end. That was, But we keep it alive by keeping the Bay Area thrash band still moving and doing stuff like the Bay Strikes Back. So.
1: Well, as we wrap it up, we got a few more. Um, somebody, Screet Music says, I bought a pre owned signed Exodus bootleg, and then there were 300 from a shop in Sweden. Did you have a signing in Sweden before 1989, or was this the first time? I'm trying to trace where this is from.
0: If that, if we did, it was in '89 because I remember we we toured with a band from Sweden called Drifter there, and so uh. If that, if I could be able to look at it and know if it's my signature or not, but if it was, it's genuine because we did do record stores and that tour was in '89 and it was actually almost six weeks in Europe, so it was one of the longest tours I ever did. And this is before phones and internet and any of that shit. We're still writing fucking
1: letters on the way home. Cool. Omar wants to know between Ozzy and Dio, which one is the better vocalist? Um, they both
0: have their own unique ways about things, but um, I got to know Ronnie James Dio personally after touring with Black Sabbath on the Dehumanizer tour. And Dio, Dio's a god. Dio's a god. Dio to me is a god. I'm Not saying Ozzy is, and this is a, that's a tough one because I love them both. But if you were to say either are records, I'm gonna grab the Dio one first, probably.
1: Cool. All right. Somebody wants to know, um, talk about when you joined Rob Dukes to sing Toxic Walls in San Francisco. Uh, I just
0: got a call and said, hey, would you be interested in coming out and singing a song? And I said, what do you want to sing? And they said, well, you want to do Toxic Walls? And I'm like, cool. So then, um, yeah, and that was really the only interaction I had with Rob that day is when I went out on, I was on the side of the stage. They came out, you know, shook his hand and he went on stage and then I went out before we went out you know he was introducing me and i leaned into him i says how you want to do it and he goes i'll sing the first verse you sing the second verse we'll do it so he basically directed on that it was fun his gig at the time the way i looked at it, it yeah. you know how do you
1: want me to do it <laughs> all right wrapping this up pretty yep. shortly yep um all right we'll do two more one this one <laughs> what is your favorite food when you are super baked that's a good question Uh, anything
0: fucking sweet. Chocolate. Chocolate fucking (laughs) candy. I'm a Reese's peanut butter guy. You saw that one. I don't know if you've seen, I did one episode, I make my own peanut butter cups even with magic shell and peanut butter, but I love chocolate. I can make a sundae that'll have Ice cream and cereal in it, and chocolate sauce, and caramel, and whipped cream, and 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 candy on the top, with a hard shell over it, kind of something like that. Yeah. Well, not, I haven't been lately. I've been trying to. The COVID thing's going to turn people into. Here, I haven't been doing
1: that lately. Been eating my veggies. So Paleo asked me, is Hatred coming to Europe? We were supposed to do a uh, tour to Europe this summer. We're going to do Alcatraz Into the Grave Festival. We're also going to do four shows. But right now, management is telling us it's being postponed. So hopefully we'll see you guys next summer. But uh, yeah, the final question for Zetro on the Zetro Toxic Vault is from Maggot Maggie, which I hope that's a Slipknot reference. Which Exodus song that you co-wrote are you most proud of?
0: Um, I, I, I have to, I, I'm not even going to go with an early one on this one. I'm going to go with the tempo of the damned. Gary and I both wrote war is my shepherd. And I think to me that exemplifies us and myself and him being able to write, uh, shows what we can, what we're capable of, you know, writing you know, something that's, you know, with fucking straight up in your face. So, I, I mean, other toxic walls. I can go through the chemical. I can go through through so many, um, um, you know, uh, the fabulous disaster. Him and I wrote together. You know, we wrote two different parts. He wrote the verses. I wrote the chorus. So, you know, I wrote Emperor, Emperor Ever, After. Ever After. You can do the laughter. World's being blessed. There by my evil best. Terminating Festa. Devastating Plaster." I love that. And, but he wrote that when the missiles not falling and the Reaper Cubs calling, you had better kiss your ass goodbye. So, to me and him together, I mean, we've kind of always had that. I'm. It's going to be exciting to see because it wasn't really a part of the writing process for uh, Blood and Blood Out. I came and I did write um, um, the lyrics to Body Harvest, but you know, the, it was pretty much everything was already there. This new record that we're, you know, writing now, I'll have much more. Being a part of since I've been in the band six years again now, so it'll it'll uh, it'll we'll see what see what fucking violence we're gonna come up with this time. But I want to thank everybody for coming in live again today. I uh, to let you know I did an episode, filmed an episode yesterday with uh, Ted Aguilar from Death Angel, which we will probably have up next Tuesday. It'll be a two-parter next Tuesday, Wednesday, to talk about everything. We tell some stories about what happened on the tour. Uh, what happened on the boat, the, the actual Poseidon adventure we almost died on, uh, have the State of the Union and the Death Angel Camp, State of the Union in Exodus Camp, and everything else that has anything to do with both of us. So thank you guys for coming in live. It was great having you, and I will see you soon in the vault. Tell them what's up, Nick. Later, guys um
1: go to Hatriot's instagram or facebook for any updates we're gonna start teasing some new things soon uh, you go to my instagram sick or my facebook um yeah tune in we'll probably be doing this in the next week or two again yeah definitely so the keep your definitely. questions definitely. definitely keep your questions we'll be doing
0: this again thanks guys see you later